welcome to the Fast Break Podcast. It's your boy, Nix. I'm with my boy, Swag. And <laughs> What's going on? I, I know it's a little late, but we're going to talk about the NWA movie because I just watched it a couple nights ago. It's been out a few weeks, but that's what happens when you have a three-month-old. He he kind of <laughs> takes up all of my time. So, hi, hi, what's going on, man? Everything is good, man. Everything is good. Shout out to Adrian, the OG. It's, you know, we, we get to the football podcast a little later, but, you know, I'm feeling good <laughs> about Adrian and my Vikings. But Oh, man. You've watched the movie. I think you saw it. Did you see it when it first came out? or I saw it on Saturday, August 15th. It came out on the 14th. The 14th. All right. So so tell me what you, what you think about it. I mean, to me, to be honest with you, I think F. Gary Gray did a great job. His connections with Ice Cube already through Friday and uh, his connections with uh, directing directing some some actual videos for NWA and Ice Cube and uh, being connected to Dre already. Dre was in his uh, set, it, set It Off movie as Black Sam. So it was a lot of connections already there. And I felt like it was a great job of him actually capturing the moment. There's been a lot of comparisons to... Notorious, you know. That's your favorite movie. Well, at the time, you know, I had to support the movie because no, you don't. Favorite rapper, he's my favorite. So what? Artist. So what? For him to be uh, immortalized in a movie, I have to support it. But to be honest with you, it wasn't a great movie, and and it didn't have anything to do with the the acting. It had to do with the music. I felt like they did a horrible job with Gravy actually rapping the songs. I think that was a disservice to Biggie because as an as an audience, for people that don't know Biggie, they actually need to hear him rapping the songs and not Gravy. It takes away from the quality of the song. How how were they going to do that if Biggie wasn't allowed to rap the well, songs? Well, they could do it the same way they did it with N.W.A. They didn't, even though, even though there are some, there's some sections of the movie where Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who did a great job as his father, which is, which is surreal, you know what I'm saying? Because he actually looked just like his father. He's just a lighter version. But there's some there's some sections of the movie where he's actually rapping some songs, like when he does Gangsta Gangsta or Straight Outta Compton live or Fuck the Police live. But in terms of the actual group, they play their actual recordings. You know what I'm saying? Not the not uh Jason Mitchell's voice or Corey Hawkins' voice. They actually played Dr. Dre's voice or Easy E's voice in combination. So it didn't take away from the quality of the songs. You still fell in love with the songs. On Notorious, they didn't have any Biggie. They didn't have any of Biggie's voice, which probably had to do with a, a lot of publishing and having to pay, and it probably would have took away from the budget. But to, but for the quality of the movie, it should have had Biggie's voice so you could get the full breadth of the song. Gravy when, sounded just like Biggie when he was talking. But not rapping, though. When he It was close. Talk- it was close. You know why you no, said but, that? Because you, know, no, you know Biggie, and no. you know more than the average person. So to you, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to... Uh, you lose the movie loses points because you know more than the average person. So the average person they might like the movie, but since you a diehard, that's what I'm saying about NWA. Like as diehards, I, I wouldn't call myself a diehard, but like diehard NWA fans that I know, they didn't like some parts of the movie because they know more than the average person. So it kind of takes away from the movie. 
But in what way, though? Where, and, and from Leaving out the, important, important parts. But I don't feel like... I, to, in terms of importance, like, they left out the B part with Dr. Dream. That's important. It's, it's important, but... I understand why they left it out. It's the same way I understand... From 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 a grand scheme of things, I understand why they left out the thing, the uh, the incidents with the women, because they they wanted to focus on the impact of the group, not necessarily the. I mean, they have some negative some negative points in there in terms of with Jerry Heller and Easy business wise and naivety with with Easy, but in terms of like in terms of like taking away from the 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 order of the group and, and the and the the high points and low points of the group they didn't want to take away from that and for them to bring up the beefs with Dre and Easy and how if we if we go in deep with the actual beef it got really nasty in terms of Easy bringing up gay rumors with Dre and uh, the whole Dre Day video and that that was a great video I mean I mean. It was a great video in terms of the theatrics of it and the comedy of it, but the how deep it actually went in terms of them having a fat guy play Jerry Heller and them calling them Sleazy E and having them on the corner talking about our our rap for food type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not something that they wanted to bring up because in the movie they wanted to immortalize Easy as as a hero. You know what I'm saying? And for me, if you go back and look at the movie and look at how in the end they actually apologized to each other, which actually did happen. Dr. Dre said he was on the on the uh on the he was uh he was doing a video, he was directing a video, and somebody came up to him and said, You have to speak to this person. He said, Who's on the phone? And they said, Talk to him. And it was actually easy. It was and uh they spoke and they actually apologize to each other, basically, you know, expressing regret at how deep everything had gotten and it got away from the actual, the actual brotherhood and the, and the quality of the group. So in that little conversation, they allude to how deep things have gotten, how it had gotten, and they express regret. So in that regard, I understand it, but I understand what you're saying in terms of the diehards, like they want every little detail in there, but if you look at the mannerisms of Easy and how everybody actually acted, if you know NWA and you know how all how everybody played a part, I felt like it was perfect in that regard. It, there's some there's, there's some spaces with or that are left out. That's why I don't get a ten. But I feel like the quality of the movie, the the music in the movie, how they captured the 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 actual time from '86 to '96, I feel like they did a great job. I mean, it's not gonna get no seven. It's not nothing like that. Like, if you speak to the diehards, you're speaking about they give the movie like a six or a seven. I uh, I've met a NWA fan. He's from Compton, but uh, he lives in New York now. He gave it a seven out of a ten. Seven? seven out of ten because he knows everything. So he he gave it a seven out of ten. Uh, most people will give it an eight though. Right, but right, but right. most people who never heard of N.W.A. they give it a ten. Like my sister never listened to an N.W.A. song in her life. She gave it a ten. I mean, it's a so, great movie. It's, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I feel like, to be honest with you, bro, 
Jason Jason Mitchell's character, his his actual portrayal of Easy E to me is what made the movie because when you look at gangster rap and you look at how rap music shifted because of NWA in terms of not just not just the content of the music but the the actual the projection of the music like how it sold and how it was able to break through mainstream America without actually going mainstream when you look at how Easy E influenced that and you know it and you know NWA and you know how he was instrumental in terms of making that image raw you know what I'm saying just the just the the little things like the outfits and how they always wore black how they always wore LA gear LA Dodgers, LA Kings, LA Raiders, you know what I'm saying? Going to the 90s with the with the White Sox hats, you know what I'm saying? Like little things like that. That's all easy. Actually wanting them to be that brand and to exemplify hardcore gangster rap. Everything about it. Like knowing what he gave to knowing what he gave to hip hop for them to make him immortal in that sense. And then there was some controversy, just a little bit though, because when you look at the production of the movie, you could tell that everybody involved in NWA played a part, from Ren to Yella, especially Cube, Dre, right. uh, Tamika Wright, which was uh, Easy's Easy wife. wife, and she she's in charge of his estate and everything, and Little Easy. It was a little controversy in terms of why Little Easy didn't play his father, because O'Shea Jackson Jr. actually played Cube. But if you go into the making of the movie and you actually see the character that Easy has to play, he goes from a dope dealer, gangbanger, to the top of the world, to having AIDS and having to deal with those emotions of finding out he has AIDS and actually having to 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 be in a coma. You know what I'm saying? To go through these different peaks and valleys as an actor. Not many people can do that, especially a gangster rapper. You know what I'm saying? Little Easy is not an actor, so to tap into those emotions would have been very difficult and it would have took away from the quality of the portrait. You know what I'm saying? So, for, for Jason Mitchell and his actual portrayal of Eric Easy, right? I think it was perfection. Uh, did, did you feel like the movie was too long? I, at first, oh, when I first watched it, I felt like it was too right. long. Be- only because I watched it with Vanessa and we mm-hmm. was going to do things after the movie that we can't mention on this podcast. So, in that sense, that's the only reason why I thought it was too long. But now looking back in retrospect, I feel like it could have been longer. It could have been like a, a Malcolm X, if you ever seen that movie. That movie was like four oh, hours. So, I feel like it should have been a little bit longer. What, what do you see, think? Here's the, and here's where, here's where it loses points a little bit, but I understand why. If you notice the high points of the movie, it's centered around the music. Like, in the beginning of the movie, like, when they, they show um, uh, Ice Cube rapping Gangster Gangster, the first version of Club, or they show the beginning of them making Boys in the Hood and Easy having to actually go through that, go through those takes over and over, and then they make Boys in the Hood. Then they go through the concerts and them performing uh, Eight Ball and Dope Boy and all of these classic songs, and they show everything around the music, the, the, the movie goes... Like it's, I mean, it goes so fast you don't even feel it. But where it hits dry points is where 
they go into the chronic album and you don't necessarily hear the music anymore. It's more or less the day-to-day life of the actors and how easy and the end of easy life. You don't have the music anymore because they're focusing on Easy's life. So at that point, it gets kind of dragged out, which if you go into like the making of the chronic and you have certain songs, they play deep, deep cover. They play uh, nothing but a Jeep thing and um, a couple of cubes tracks, but it doesn't, it's not the performance part of it. The, the performance is not there anymore. You don't have them actually rapping the songs and being in studio and, you know what I'm saying, going in concert. So it takes away. If you still have, if you go to the first half of the movie with all of the music and you bring that to the second half, it'll probably, even if it is three hours, it, it, it flies by. But I think, you know, at that point, it's not about music anymore. It's about Easy's life. So, you know, it's not necessarily the, the need to to continue to continue the movie. It's more or less a focus on on what happens with Easy. You know. Now, do you think uh, this movie uh, enhanced the legacies of N.W.A. Uh, oh Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, MC Ren, DJ Yella? Well, those two they're they're still legends because of the group, but I feel like um, they're 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 still underrated because people don't really know about them even with the movie. As yeah. far as Ice Cube, you know, I think he's top five all time. He's in my top five. Right, this right, movie right. proves that to me a little bit because it shows his impact on the, the most influential group ever to me. See, Not but, the best, most influential. So, and but, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, his legacy is enhanced too because he's still doing his thing, even though I have producers. Like Pharrell ahead of him, in my opinion. But what, what, what do you what do you think? I mean, I think the movie. I think in terms of what NWA was, if you know NWA, like the the peak of the group, we're talking eighty eight, eighty nine, early ninety before Cube left. Dre, Easy, and Cube are the standouts. If you know NWA and you know the intricacies of it, you understand that Ren was a huge part of it. You understand that DOC is a huge part of it. And you understand that Yellow is a huge part of it. Those guys are not left out. But in terms of the standouts, the movie pointed that out. That Dre is the genius behind the music. That Easy is the genius behind the marketing and the promotion of the group. And the actual business model behind the ownership of the record label Ruthless. And in, in Cube's case, he's a standout as a lyricist and as a man who stands for what he believed in at a time where it was difficult for artists, especially that young in hip hop to actually stand up for themselves. So you saw, and especially when they mentioned him actually, you know, going on to make boys in the hood and actually writing Friday and that whole franchise. Two classics, by the way. Right. You know, when you think of, when you think of that, that showcases the geniuses of all three of them. But in terms of the reason why Ren and Yellow don't necessarily get the uh, the accolades that those guys get in terms of pop culture is because they didn't necessarily continue to go on the way that those guys did. I mean, in depth, uh, Easy E is immortalized. He's revered beyond reproach. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's going to be somebody that's going to be revered regardless. And then when you look at Ren, Ren didn't Ren didn't continue to record it at the pace that Cube did. He didn't continue to make the connections the same way that Cube did. 
And Yellow will tell you, if you go and you look at some of the interviews he's been doing now, he said as soon as Easy died, his love for music left. And he, like, went hardcore into porn in terms of directing. And he directed 300, 400 porn films and was involved in that business and was prolific in that regard. But in terms of music, he wasn't as committed as Dre was after after Easy died. I mean, Dre, Dre asked him, you know, I'm me and DOC are leaving to to go with Suge and create this this record label. You want to come with me? And Yella said, "I'll get back to you." And to this day, this is 2015. He never gave him an answer, even when, even even in um 2000 when they did the Up and Smoke tour, Ice Cube's on it, Snoop Dogg's on it, Eminem is on it, Dre is the headline because his album The Chronic 2001. MC Ren actually went out with them on tour. He went out with them on tour. He opened with Ice Cube, and they did a couple NWA songs, and he was actually his hype man on a couple tracks. So Ren is out there. Cube is out there. Dre is like, yo, Yellow, you, you should come out with us. He was like, all right, I'll come, and he never came. So it's like a lot of opportunities that Yellow had and Ren had, they didn't necessarily cash in the same way that Cube did, Dre did. And uh, obviously, Easy continued to make music as a executive even after NWA disintegrated. He founded Bone Thugs and Harmony, one of the biggest groups of the '90s. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, he still had his foot in finding talent. So you know, when you look at the movie, you see the characters, the principal characters. They're there, but Cube, Dre. And Easy are the standouts because they were the standouts. They were the franchise players. I mean, you look at Dre now. I mean, he just came out with an album at 50, critically acclaimed album. He's 50 he now? 50, bro. Turned 50 in February. And Ice Cube is 46. And they just put together, Dre just put together one of the best albums in the last 10 years, sonically. Alright, alright. Years from 2005 to of the decade, and I'm talking about from a from a sonic perspective, the sound is so progressive. The new artist that's on it, I mean, he's he's still collaborating with the usual suspects, the games, the the snoops. The I mean, Cube is on there. Cube got a track on there. It's hard, which is hot. Um, I mean, he got he got M on there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where he found Eminem. You know, Eminem is always in the studio like Dre. But I think, you know, based on the new artists that he brought out, I mean, he got, he got, uh, uh, this dude, King Mez, he got, uh, John Connor, he got, uh, Anderson Pack, he did a track with Primo, DJ Premier, and any hip hop head that knows about production, that knows about, uh, sound and, and the ability to bring the breast out of artists. A Primo and Dr. Dre track together is classic just because of the collaboration. And they go back at least, what, 20, 26 years. 
and this is like their first collaboration, and it's on one of the best albums of the year. One of the, I'm telling you, it's one of the best albums in the last ten years from a from a sound perspective, and I think the lyricism is quality. So I mean, you should check it out definitely. I mean, I mean, it's it, critically acclaimed all across the board. You look at the views, you look at the articles on it. Everybody's giving it high praises. I to be honest with you. Since the album came out, that's really the only album that I've been listening to since it since it came out, and it's it's what oh it's September first the album came out. It started streaming on Apple Music August seventh. So first first of all, I st- you still have to rank it. I I I need a rank top ten. Um, I I'm gonna put it in the top ten. I will. I'm not gonna give it a specific number. But I, I'm telling you, the album is that much quality. I don't know about that. It's a, it's Compared to the Chronic album. in 2001, is it even close to that? No, I, th- I think it's better. I think it's than better. A, than the Chronic? Than the Chronic 2001. It's not better than the Chronic. Because the Chronic... The Chronic... If you if you look at the hits on the Chronic 2001, you, you there's might, more hits. You might have to listen to the album again. That album is no, no, fire. No. No, 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 listen, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. I love Dr. Dre. He's the, my favorite producer. I grew up on his music. My The first album I ever learned was Doggy Style, from front to back. So I know Dr. Dre's music. The Chronic is the Chronic is one. I'm going to put Compton at two in 2001-3, just because. And you got to listen to what I'm saying. The Chronic 2001 has more hits. It's more, it's more, commercial, it's more commercial hits. You have Forgot About Dre, uh, Still Dre. You have the uh, next, ep- next episode. You got those three hits were huge hits, right? On The Chronic, The Chronic was so progressive in what it did for hip-hop in terms of sales, in terms of new sound, in terms of everything like that. So The Chronic is always going to be in a specific place at one for me. But if you listen to The Chronic 2001, there's a lot of dead dead spots. There's too many skits. Then there's songs where it's not necessarily it's not really necessary for the album. Like so, what? Like pause for the porno. You know what I'm saying? The the skit with uh with Eddie Griffin, education. I mean it's it's cool, but if you listen it That was a pretty, great skit. But it's not necessary it's not necessary compared to, you know, the, the quality of the songs you did, the qu- the songs are quality. You know, what's the difference? Like I said, the the hits that's there, forgot about Dre, the joint with Devin the Dude, fuck you, that shit is hard. But I, I think um I think on Compton, everything is connected. There's no wasted, there's no wasted songs, there's no wasted, it's just straight music, it's no skits, it's all the way through. Listen to the album. You might you might disagree. I mean they're all classics. They're I, all, I definitely disagree. First classic. of all, it's only four skits. But they didn't they And there's really twenty two songs. I mean 20, it, it, twenty it's twenty two songs total. Twenty two songs. Twenty two tracks and four skits. I mean so and four of those say, are skits. You're saying, you're saying all eighteen songs are cracked? All eighteen songs are not cracked. First of all. Alright, uh, all of them are not classics, but like none of them are garbage. But but they but the songs that are the songs that are perfection, it's songs that are perfection on there, and it's songs that are like eh, they they okay, they're good. On 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 Compton, every song is great. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You gotta listen to the album. I listen to most of the album. You gotta There's like three tracks I haven't heard yet. You have the even a track with Ice Cube is not. Oh, it's not like oh my god, this is the best song I ever heard. That song is hard. It's that not song. the best song I ever heard. It's a good song. Why be, but why would it be the best song you ever heard, though? But I'm saying, when you listen to Forgot About Dre or The Watcher, those are like legendary songs. That song with Q is not the watch, legendary. The Watcher's not legendary. Yes, it is. The Watcher's not legendary. Yes, it is. I don't think you're, so. You're I crazy. Forgot About Dre. Uh, legendary. Uh, Still Dre. Legendary. Next episode. Legendary. These are those are those are classic songs. They don't have there's no legendary songs on Compton. Bro, you gotta get you gotta give the album time to progress. Oh when, my god. When you when you when you hear a legendary song, you know it's legendary the first so, moment you so, hear it. So did you hear did you hear did you hear talking to my diary? Did you hear I heard that. And you don't think that song is cracked? It's you a good song, but it's not the great it's not legendary. Did you hear? Did you hear? Uh, Just another day in Compton, Satisfaction, Animals. I'm sorry. Any song with the game is not legendary. But it's a it's a great song. It's though. a good song. No, it's a great song. There's no there's no there's no good song in it. All of them are great. The only song the only song that I would say is on the good level is Loose Cannon. I think Loose Cannons is a little towards the end. It get a little extra, but it's still a good song. They bought up code. They bought out code eighty seven, um, um. You know what I'm saying? He's he's connected to the old ruthless crew and all of above the law or whatever. So that's the connection there. But I think every from one to sixteen. All right. If, intro- if you could play one song right now, tell me to play one song. What would you pick? Um, from from Compton or um, from Compton. Um, play uh. Play, play Deep Water. That's with Kendrick. Deep Water. I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard that song, but we, we can play it again. Deep Water. Right? I think you're exaggerating. I know he's your favorite. He's still not as good as my boy Pharrell, but... I mean, for you for you to say that, it's like you're forgetting about hip-hop. Like you're this, forgetting- is the, this is the song you told me to about. By the way, in the background, you hear it? Yo, what's up? You ready? I see, I see. Keep going. I forgot about hip hop. That's not. That's not deep water. You sure? I'm sure. What song is that? I play it right now. Or is this it? That's not it. Well, YouTube is killing me right now. Then it's not. It's not on YouTube. Why not? It's not on YouTube, bro. That's how, I'm telling you. The album that's on YouTube is not it. I'm telling you, I'm Why gonna not? send it to you. Matter of fact, I'm gonna send it to you right now. Did you download this album? It's on. It's on this. It's on one website, bro. It's on one website. I'm not gonna reveal that because I don't want to. I don't want them to take it down. Cause, cause you got. If you stream it on, obviously if you have Apple Music, you can stream it. But I don't have Apple Music. I didn't want to, you know. To get the three month trial and then have to pay, but eventually I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to because I want the album that much. I'm actually gonna buy the Just vinyl. Just buy it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the vinyl. It's out on CD too, so I'm gonna buy it. But I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you in an email, and you're gonna hit. You're gonna 
on YouTube, you're going to get a whole disservice, bro. I'm telling you, I swear to God. I'm glad you told me that, because now I understand why you're saying what you're saying. First of all, I heard these songs already. No, you didn't, I heard these songs already. I was just looking for it on YouTube, so the audience can hear it really quickly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, you didn't. I'm telling you. I'm telling First of all, it's on Spotify, too. No, it's I believe. not. Yes, it is. A certain songs. Compton is not on Spotify, bro. I'm gonna show you it's right not now. On it's not on Spotify. Nothing, nothing Compton related is on Spotify. I'm Only NWA music. I'm gonna show you right now. First of all, I heard these songs, bro. So, I don't know where you getting this from. I'm telling. All right. But but send it to me. Go ahead. Send it to me. And another thing, what, what is this about the I forgot about hip hop because I like Pharrell? What I'm is, not saying, I'm no. That's I'm what saying, you just said. I'm saying I'm not saying that Pharrell is not great. He's a, he's going he's going to go down as one of the greatest. But Dr. Dre is he he's he's made more of a of a of a shift of a game shifting type of impact with the artists that he's broken with the with the music that he's created. I'm not saying maybe 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 what you mean is he's more versatile. He obviously no. I mean his beats are better. No, no, it's his not. beats are better. No now, if you want to say Dr. Dre's impact is better than Pharrell, then I can't argue with that. And and that's what I'm saying. But so, I'm just talking about whose beats are better. Pharrell's beats say, are better. If if you're saying beats like you're saying. Who, who's whose album sound whose album sound better? Pharrell. Well, you talking about individuals? Sound, not individual beats. I'm talking about as a complete album. If you listen to if you listen to a Snoop Dogg doggy style album, as great as his as great as his flow is on the album, it's more about the production. It's more about the the the, the, the quality of and the richness of the beat. There might be physical beats that that people do that are better. But I'm talking about the quality of the actual mixing of the album, the the intricacies of the album. There's no producer that can touch Dr. Dre when it comes to sound. Pharrell, I, I just said it in the Neptunes. No, no, no way. I just sent it to you, bro. All right, I'm gonna check I that out. To your um, to your AOL. I'm gonna check that out right now. And well, we we not gonna play it. During this podcast, because we don't want this podcast to get taken down. So, right, 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 right. So, I'm gonna have to edit that whole little spot I did on that YouTube because apparently that was the wrong link. But I, I did, it was on Spotify. Dr. J ain't playing because it was on Spotify and they just took it down like, uh, like four hours after. But I, I'm, I'll listen to it, I, I'll definitely listen to it. I think you're crazy, but I'm gonna listen to uh. it. I mean, and and don't get don't don't ever get it twisted. Like I'm disrespecting 2001. 2001. Nah, a, you just did. I'm saying Compton is better. I'm not, but I'm not disrespecting 2001. I'm not saying 2001 is trash. 2001 is a classic, great album. But I think that Compton, as a as an overall collective, is better. 2001 has much be, much bigger hits. But I think the time. 1999, it was more, it was more conducive to that. You could have bigger hits. In this particular era, your 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 music is here today and it's going in 30 minutes. So the hits don't necessarily 
mean the same as it did in 1999. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at, if you look at, uh, for example, like, um, um, hmm, uh, Jay-Z's last album, what was, what was the name of it? Uh, Magna Carta? Magna Carta, Magna Carta, right? If you, if that you was a solid that, project. It was a solid project, right? If you look at that particular album, it probably could have been some songs that could have been bigger hits in the in the early two thousands if it was released then, because the 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 industry was more it was more structured for that as opposed to him releasing it digitally the way that he did. A lot of people actually streamed the album. They were able to listen to the album. But their connections to the album, in terms of feeling for it, is not the same. It's like, all right, he released it, but nobody really remembers that album the way that they would if it was early 2000s. You know what I'm saying? And then, also, Dr. Dre, he's letting, in terms of critically acclaimed, he's letting everybody else speak about it, but he's not really promoting it. It's really just the internet, the blogs is talking about it. They just did a whole feature on um Ski TV, and um they did a they did an absolute breakdown of the making of the album. Everybody that was involved in the album, except for Dr. Dre, was on the stage, and they they broke down like how how it all came together and and how the, everybody in terms of the industry has responded to it. I mean, you got you got people like Nori. Nori was like, he actually tweeted something. He was like, yo. If you if you're listening to Dr. Dre's new album and he has that Compton and it doesn't inspire you to go to the studio and make a and develop a greater relationship with your in, with your engineer then you're not serious. Like this is Noriega East Coast. Oh, who East Coast who made Noriega Pharrell? Who made him Pharrell? And he and he's saying this about Dr. Dre. So that's because Pharrell he's doing other things right now. He's taking a break. Just like how how long did Compton take? To make from two thousand one, it's fifteen years later. But but that that doesn't mean that Dr. Dre wasn't working. That's just one album. Well, I, I'm talking. Album. I'm just talking about albums, not what he did like for songs for other people. I'm just talking about albums. If, but um, but his three his three albums are game changing albums though, and and Dude. nobody can take away when you listen when you. You remember what you were doing? I mean, we we were we were too young. Obviously, we twenty five, but the culture remembers where they were when the chronic dropped. The culture remember the culture remembers where they were when straight out of Compton hit the streets. You know what I'm saying? This is all this is all orchestrated by Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre literally creatively creatively built three three of the most and important record labels in hip hop history. You sure about Just that? From from a creative standpoint, obviously Def Jam is number one in terms of Mount Rushmore, but in terms of impact on the culture, Ruthless, Death Row, and Aftermath, in terms of what they were able to bring to the culture from from an artist perspective and musically, the orchestrator of all of that is Dr. Dre. And I'm not taking away nothing. I'm not taking away from nothing that the Neptune's doing. I think that Chad should get way more credit than he does. But obviously, he wanted to play the background. So, you know, the Neptune's and Pharrell, I'm not taking away from nothing that they do. But I'm talking about from a sound perspective, Dr. Dre is different, son. He's different. 
He's like he's like the Quincy Jones of this thing, bro. I mean, Pharrell is more like Quincy Jones, but I if that's what you think, then like I I can't really be mad at you, you know. But or, I think you crazy. I mean. N.E.R.D., you know, he's It's more, great. It's great. N.E.R.D. is cool. Don't you don't listen we, to them, though. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That's why I'm not... I don't I don't want to... I'm not going to speak on it in a disparaging way. Uh, but I know that for him to do that, obviously, it shows great versatility. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to take away from nothing that he does. And we know what he's able to do with, with like, you know, uh, Robin Thicke and Happy and Daft Punk. You know, he's able to peek in a... <laughs> in a way that not many producers can do. But all he's doing is trying to reach the spaces that Dr. Dre already peaked with in hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? The spaces that he's going to and, and tapping into Daft Punk and Robin Thicke and stuff like that with R&B and stuff, Dr. Dre already did it through hip-hop. Like, he already... Re- he don't got He doesn't have to go outside of hip-hop. I mean, if you listen to his album... Obviously, he 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 he's not necessarily a uh, just a beat machine type type of producer. You listen to two thousand one. Obviously, it's totally different from the Chronic sound wise. It's a totally different sound. So obviously, he progresses, but his genre is hip hop, and he's touched spaces from at, he's touched spaces achievement wise that not many artists will ever tap into again because of just the times. Like, no artist is going to... No artist, no producer is going to have multiple diamond records in their catalog ever again. It's impossible. Pharrell got that. So... Not not to the level that Dre does. Because Dr. Dre's been in the game longer. Let me... but, I, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying to you. As, as great as... Great as Pharrell is this spaces that he can never he, he's never gonna be able to tap into again. Like what? Like he when you say he got diamond diamond when you say he has diamond records he probably has diamond singles but does he have diamond albums? But he the whole album. I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? He'll probably he's gonna have another happy again. Not necessarily happy, but he's gonna have another single that changes the game and goes crazy. I mean, Robin Thicke went crazy off that one song. We can't forget about Daft Punk and Get Lucky. You know what I'm saying? We can't forget. We can't forget about none of that. But I'm talking about the the albums that he's had that has shifted the culture. None of his albums have shifted the culture the way that Dr. Dre's had. Um, I disagree with that, man. But any any other thoughts on? Before we wrap up, any other thoughts on Ice Cube? I, I, you, you used to hate on Ice Cube, so don't. No, I mean, when I, when you say when you say hate on him, I don't. Bro, hate you on said DMX him. is better than him. I think that DM. I think. I that, think you're on drugs. No, but you gotta listen to the DMX's. Uh, you gotta listen to DMX's first five albums to really. First of all, first five. First of all, the first one was good. The, the second one was, one was okay. The second one was okay. The second one was great. It was okay. It's like a, it's like an eight out of ten. Or you said a what? It's like an eight out of ten. That's great. That's good. That's not great. No, good. Good is a seven and a half. Seven, seven is mediocre. Six is bad. So, then there was X. Uh, let's see. That's the what's my name one. 
Um, yeah. That's probably a, a eight two. Yeah. So they're not. Ice Cube has tens. Ice Cube got one ten. No, he don't. His first two are tens. What are you no, talking about? No, it's not. No, it's not. America's Put most one is a ten. No, that's the third one. America's what, most one what, is a ten. What, what, what's Predator? What's Predator? Ten is that's the uh, third one. What's, the third one's like an eight. Predator is like a seven and a half. No, song. it's not. He got son. He got his best song ever on there. That's why it's a seven and a half. No, it's not. He got more songs than that. He got oh. Who Got the Camera. That song is hot. Come on, man. He got he got a bunch of songs on there. I think. I mean, this movie. This, this movie gave me greater appreciation for Cube as a creator. I mean, after I watched this movie, I down I recorded Friday, next Friday, Boys in the Hood, and Friday at the next. Just after watching this movie, in terms of his his uh, contribution to pop culture, hip hop, and his 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 ability to transition as a businessman and as a creator. He's second to none in that regard. So I, I gained so much appreciation for Cube as a as a lyricist in the late 80s and early 90s for that specific time. And I gained much more much more appreciation for him as a creator because even though he's not like Dr. Dre in terms of like cre- creating And music, let's get like, back to Dr. Dre for a second. He had the worst lyric of all time. Of all Time, never let me slip. Cause if I slip, then I'm slipping. Pharrell would never. Come, then you know I'm straight tripping. And I'm Pharrell, gonna, Pharrell so would I never can't... sound that bad. But keep going. Listen, that particular verse, that particular lyric, it might be bad, but the song is a classic. That's not. Cause Doctor, I mean, cause Snoop Dogg. But what about the beat though? That beat is but, all right. I can name a bunch of Pharrell. Be- I can name a bunch of Pharrell beats better than that. Listen, but but it, it, what song was the the song itself? That's what I'm talking about. You talking about us this specific beat itself? But what about the song? What about the quality of the song? How did it shift the culture? When you when 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 hip hop heard nothing but a G, nothing but a G thing, everything stopped. Nah, stopped. Jay Z stopped. Dmx right. stopped. Big Pun stopped. All Everybody right. stopped. Right. everything shifted all the way to the West Coast for a three-year period, 92, 93, and 94. And it wasn't until Biggie dropped Ready to Die that it brought Oh, get out of here. Back oh, get out of here. Ask Nas. First of all, Ask Nas Elmatic is better than Ready to Die. And Elmatic came out if first. Think, if you think it's better... Elmatic came out be- first. If think it's a better album, that's your opinion. That's but a no fact. What, no matter what you think about the album, it didn't bring sales back to the East. It didn't bring popularity back to the East. Wu-Tang so did that before Biggie. No. What are you talking about? In, term, in, term, in terms of sales and popularity? What are you talking about? Into, into the 36 Chambers and Illmatic were just under, underground classics. Into 36 went platinum. But is it set? It went platinum over time. It went, it went platinum, platinum in like a year. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it, didn't. It, it went platinum the same way that uh, Reasonable Doubt and Illmatic went no, platinum. No, no. Those took at, like 10 when years. You look at Ready, when you look at Ready to Die, Ready to Die selling 4 million. 
But so what though? No, but and, the East was popular again by the, when Wu Tang came out. No, the East was pop. The East, the East had critically acclaimed material, but they weren't popular. They weren't popular in the way that Death Row had it. They weren't popular in the way that uh, that Dr. Dre had the coast. You know what I'm saying? When Dr. Dre came out with the Chronic, the sound shifted. Everything, everything shifted. You had the brat coming out trying to sound like Snoop Dogg, Funkify. You know what I'm saying? Even and I'm not. I love Ready to Die, but you could clearly see the influences of Dr. Dre sound and Ready to Die. You mean Wu Tang sound? No, no. Yeah, okay. No. If okay. you listen to J, if you listen to Biggie's first radio singles from Ready to Die, I'm talking about the Big Poppers and the and um, what's the other one? What's the other one? Oh my God, Juicy. Juicy, yeah. How you forget Juicy and that's your favorite song? Juicy's not my favorite It song. is your Victory, favorite song. Victory is my favorite You song. think Juicy's better than It Ain't Hard to Tell That President in the World is Yours? It's a, those are, it's a bigger single than all of them. I don't care. So what? This this song's out right now that are big, bigger singles than those songs were, but it doesn't make it better. I mean, if you think, if you think, it's, be, if you think it's better... Are they are they better than Biggie? Is their albums better than Biggie? No. Elmatic was. That's 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 opinion based all the way. Elmatic is regarded as the best hip hop album of all time. Listen, the quality of the album is perfection. It's nine songs, but Biggie uh, Biggie's Biggie's album has seventeen songs. So on what? It. it got songs on there that don't even compare to Elmatic songs. Like one more chance. That song is cracked. That doesn't... That wouldn't touch any song on Illmatic. What song on Illmatic is worse than that song? Uh... Uh... uh I don't... I don't like, um... I don't like, um... I don't like One Time For Your Mind. Oh, my God. That song... Only because the beat is a little off, but he was spitting. And you know what else? So, friend of mine ain't all that. Friend of mine is crazy. Ain't all that. You crazy. That's comedy, bro. You crazy. And and that's a, that's another thing too. That's another thing too that goes that goes unnoticed with Biggie. When you speak about, I mean, when you speak about his genius, you mention it. But when comparing the album, Nas's album, when you mention like uh, him, his storytelling is there, but Big is a little more creative with a lot of different things. That 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 a Jay Z and a Nas are not. That's what that's what separates them. They're all great in their own right, but I think Big is just a little more creative. You you know in the original source, Big that Ray and Dad got four and a half, right? And Elmatic got what? Elmatic got what? Five. They but they realized they made a mistake and they came back and changed it, right? You sure? Why they changed it for? Because of the pressure during the from the fans. Oh my! Exactly. They did the same thing with Reasonable Doubt. That don't mean they initially thought it was a five. But but but, but the streets, the streets, the streets. But the streets already saw. The streets already told them that Illmatic was a five. Okay. So Illmatic is, is better. It is a five. It is a five. But let me but let me show you how important Ready to Die is, though. Let me show you how important Ready to Die is. Ready to Die shifted the sound for the East Coast. 
Now oh you had Nas, Nas saying, okay, Illmatic is a great album, but as great as it was, it didn't shift the culture. Then what he did, what's his biggest song ever? If I Ruled the World. Who he got on there? The Great Lauryn Hill. Nobody cares about that song anyway. Every, that's his biggest song. And why did why why did he put that? Why well, he, that would explain if you're trying to say that Big Influence Nas on the second album, that would explain why it wasn't as good as Illmatic. Because that's not his style. He should have stayed to his style, and he went like, back to his style. Exactly, but but that just goes to show you how influential Biggie was. Oh he my had God. people getting out of their lane, trying to do things that's not them. Look at look at um, what you call it? The album that I that I secretly hate. But I love it at the same time. In my lifetime, volume one. Could have been a classic. It is a classic. No, but no, it's not a classic. You know why it's not a classic? Because of because, two songs? Because of three songs, bro. First of all, all right, t- for the people who don't know, this guy thinks that Always Be My Sunshine is a bad song. But oh. this is the same guy who likes the song Last Day by Biggie, One More Chance. But Biggie, those songs aren't better than Always Be My Sunshine. And and your reasoning is ridiculous. Your, your reasoning for not liking a song is because of the video. <laughs> and and what about what about um the the song with Sauce Money? Oh my god. That is disgusting. That song is horrible. Alright, it's not that bad. You uh, oh, what? what what's the name of that song? Um What's the name of that song? Oh, Face Off? Oh my god. That song is that's the only don't bad say, one. Don't so And, oh, and I know what girls like. That's it. That's three songs. No, it's always be my sunshine right. is not bad. Okay, look. He has two bad songs and one horrible video. What did the video have to do the album? No, no, no. But the video was so horrible. The video was so horrible. You gotta go back and look at Jay Z's driven. Dame Dash and Big they talk about it. It was so bad, so shiny, so Puff Daddy that they had to go back and make Streets is watching the the, the, the the video tape. Which was a great tape, by the way. It was great, and it was a great way to showcase the classic songs on the album. It was a great way to shift to shift back into his lane and what he does great, Jay-Z the artist, not trying to do... What Biggie does. Biggie does what he does, and he's great at what he does. You got Nas, you got to be great at what you do. Jay-Z, you got to be great at what you do. You understand what I'm saying? And as as influential as Ready to Die was, it, it forced people to do that. It, it shifted the culture in that way. And that's why, that's why I have it greater... That's why I have it higher than Illmatic. Illmatic is a great album. We knew that was a great album. But re- but ready to die, force artists to do things that's not them. Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! And Nas will tell you that. I'll send you a link right now. Nas said, "As great as Illmatic was, as great as every other rap album was, especially from the East Coast, when Biggie went quadruple platinum, he showed he showed us that this was possible. Before that, before the, he said before." Biggie went quadruple platinum. I thought that gold was it. Now so, this is not this is Nas' words. This is not me exaggerating. This is not me embellishing anything. This is Nas saying that about Jay. This is Nas saying that about Biggie's impact. We're ready to die. 
And that's why that's what I'm saying to you. If you want to talk about song for song perfection, cool. This goes back to the Pharrell uh Dr. Drake. Fr- first of all, somehow, like all of our conversations, it it goes to Biggie. Some somehow, some way, it goes to Biggie. But go ahead. No, no, no. But I'm I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, because we start talking about we start talking about albums. We start talking about albums that's tens, albums that's not tens. Obviously, Ready to Die, Reasonable Doubt, Illmatics, they're all classics. But I think Ready to Die is number one because it shifted the culture. The same way I feel like Dr. Dre is the best producer of all time, regardless of circumstance, in terms of hip-hop, because of how he shifted the culture. I, I just need a moment of silence for this guy. For for you even thinking that Ready to Die comes close to Illmatic, you're just you like you said, you just uh out of touch with hip hop. But 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 listen just, to what Big said though. Listen to what Nas said. Nas, this is Nas' words though. I don't care what Nas' words were. You don't you don't care what Nas. This how Nas feel, but you don't want to listen to. Nas. Do you really think Nas thinks that Illmatic wasn't better than Ready to Die? He probably. I mean, if you made Illmatic, you shouldn't feel no album is better. Than All right you. then. So would but you? You think? But you think? But you think that when Big made Ready to Die, he didn't think Ready to Die was better than Illmatic? No, because he took up. he took Illmatic's album cover idea and used it as his own. Oh my gosh! You, you heard Raekwon? You living on that? <laughs> you heard Raekwon? Raekwon and them wish that they could do what Big did. First they of all. Wish. They did not they to wish. that level, but they no they influenced no Kings and his rap they siblings, they influenced Big. They influenced him. Let's let him finish this verse. Let's let him finish this verse. They don't want no static. And that's why, that's why, let me, let me show you how you know they didn't want static. Method Man is on Ready to Die, and he, and he gave them shout-outs on Life After. He gave, he gave Mev shout-outs on Life After. He dissed, he dissed Raekwon and Ghost on Kicking the Door, and RZA produced Long Kiss Goodnight. That's how ill big is, bro. Are you done? I mean, I could keep going if you want to keep going. I just think Big is the greatest. Are you Are you done? For now. So, if you're done. If you're not done, I'm not done. Uh, you'll never be done. We, we'll be here all night if you want to talk about Biggie. Somehow, we we went to from NWA to Ice Cube to DMX to Biggie. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like that's a great podcast, man. But any any other last words before we we get out of here? I, I would just like to say for our first podcast, we just gonna cover music, sports. We gonna cover the whole thing. But um, Ice Cube is like I said, one of the top five rappers of all time. I I don't I don't know why people don't have him higher, but that that's, I mean, he got three, he got two classic albums. The rest of them are great. He has one really bad album. Lethal Injection is really bad. Um, he has e- he has an EP that's better than people's albums. He wrote m- the majority of the songs for the most influential rap group of all time. Influenced your favorite rapper, Biggie. But it wasn't just him, though. And he wrote like 80% of it. You forget, you forget about Lethal Injection. 
UFC? You forget about oh UFC? Oh my god. How many songs did they actually write? They it was a collaborative effort. Oh my god. If you look at if you look at the writing credits and you see how many songs DOC is on, it's probably the same amount as, as Ice Cube. Uh, I don't that, think so. It's just that Ice Cube. And he wrote for Eazy-E. But DLC wrote for Eazy-E too. But Ice Cube wrote the Eazy-E classic, classic, classic songs. <laughs> like Boys in the Hood. <laughs> I mean, look, man. I'm not going to take nothing away from Cube. Like I said, after I watched this movie, I gained, some, I, I gained a greater appreciation for him. So I'm not going to disrespect him. Like I... Like I I wouldn't say I disrespect him, but I put other rappers ahead of him. But I, I feel like after I watched the movie, he probably moved up a couple notches. But I think that, the, I think as great as he is as an individual artist, he doesn't have an album that's better than his Dark and Hell is Hot. Who? Ice Cube? Yeah. Oh, my God. First of all, America's Most Wanted is better. Death Certificate is definitely better. So... <sighs> The Killer Will EP is better. I'm putting it out there. And you say all of this and you never listen to the album. I listen to the album. I listen. You think all 20-something songs on there are classics. Like, all, you literally think all of those songs are classics. The album, the album has no flaws. Oh, my God. That's... You sound you you the way you speak on the album. You would think it was Elmatic in '98. And I dare you to say it's on that level. It's no Elmatic's like Jordan, and as dark as hell and hot is like, mm, like like a Joe Johnson, Reggie Miller type. Oh my God! This what podcast, this podcast? What? Is this podcast is over. Anyway, this, we'll this be back at it again soon. Yes, it. Oh, oh, on the next one, on the next one, I think we should do one next week. The next one should be on the uh, on Hold. the on the fifty. Well, we could tie that in, but the the Hall of Fame enshrinement is next week, I think. So let's tie that in next week. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. All right. This is Isaiah Rhodes. This your, this your boy Nick's, man. Ice Cube fan all the way. Shout out to Ice Cube. Shout out to N.W.A. Shout out to P. Diddy who made Biggie. Shout out to DMX somewhere. And Yonkers. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in the whole world. Indeed. This is the fast break. Peace. 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 <laughs>